Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in, I'm Doug Gottlieb, and this is All Ball, all basketball, all the time. We talk some other stuff as well. We got some great other pods coming up. I thought you would enjoy this one. Uh, John Gallagher is the head coach of the University of Hartford. Uh, he and I have been friends. My da- he, was, he was great to me. Knew my dad pretty well. Grinder assistant, long time in college basketball. He'll tell about kind of his story, his own personal story. Of course, he made the neighborhood a popular word or term or whatever heading into... Um, uh, heading into the NCAA tournament. Now they lost in their appearance in the NCAA tournament, but there's a lot more to it, right? His unique style, his uh, outgoing way. And by the way, his breakdown of how the hell Loyola Chicago thoroughly dismantled, dismembered Illinois. Wait till you hear it. You're going to, you're going to love this. Okay? John Gallagher is the head coach of the university of Hartford. They won the American East tournament. He joins us now on the all ball podcast. Um, okay. So you, you, you did it right. Not just made a tournament, but you became kind of that, that coach of the term. You're like, I got to have that guy on. Now we're like 48 hours removed from the whirlwind, which is winning a conference tournament, going to the NCAA tournament, being on national TV, promoting your program. Um, what's this been like? You know, when I was a player in 96, 97, Phil Martelli did it with the first St. Joe's team. So I was, I got to see what he did. Uh, and I just took a page out of his book and 
I think it worked out well with him the next 20 years at that school. Uh, and I think you, you, when you're put in a position that we're put in as coaches, it's not about me. It's about selling the school and selling the sure. program. So any interview, I told everybody, I'm in. <laughs> and you just have to give your time and self up. And you could sleep in, you know, you could sleep in April and May, as John Rothstein says. Yeah. You could sleep later. Yeah. I, I don't, I guess I don't understand. I do know that it's just not some people's personality, right, to, to do it. But I also don't really understand how you're a basketball coach if it's not part of your personality. That that's that's the one right like well you know some guys they just don't like the camera they just don't like well, what do you think your job is with your recruiting to sell or with your players to sell them on the ideas that you're coaching them and then of course now you're just kind of selling us on your program in your school I guess that's the thing like it does it falls right in line with your personality which is great and it's awesome and it, it's just a natural it doesn't appear to be fake or anything else I just I guess I don't understand some of the guys that are in your profession who aren't into it, not realizing that actually is the job. It is. And listen, I, it, we're all different, but for me, this is just who I am. But like last night, the Hartford healthcare CEO invited me over. And one of the guys that's, you know, a power broke Sunday night, you feel like I I'm doing it. Let's go. We got to sell them. Yeah. We can't stop. We'll rest when this run is over, but we got to keep on elevating season tickets. And I think, Doug, it speaks to something that in our business will be changing. If you can't fundraise, if you can, at jobs like Hartford, not at the <laughs> high level, but jobs like Hartford, one third of the job is marketing and fundraising. It is. Yeah. It, it's Hartford's interesting. And again, I want to go into your, your whole personal story, but it could fall in line with one of those jobs where because UConn, and I think Danny's got UConn on a path to being back. Because UConn is, you know, like the, the Ryan Gomes story famously, right? Like when UConn's really UConn, they don't really recruit. They don't have to recruit that much in state. And there are some players there. And, you know, what, what happens is some of the local, the preps, you have prep schools up the road, right? You got New York City down the road. You got, you know, you have uh, upstate New York where guys kind of get, get, get missed, uh, because people fall in love with the, the higher level schools or higher level athletes and stuff. Like you kind of could be in a, a cool little window there. But I guess the question is, how come no one's been able to do it at Hartford? Is it fundraising? Is it what, 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 what was it? Because I, yeah, I know others that have been in your position that haven't been able to do it. And there were great coaches. So it, yeah. it's fascinating. Here, here's a couple things. We have a thing called hashtag the neighborhood. So we just got everybody in the community involved. And and that was about four years ago. I said, you no, got to go over. Have you been to the Puerto Rican League? I have not, but I know everybody oh. there. Manny. I know Manny. I know Bro, all the guys. Listen, I played in it. It's actually not. It's actually pretty good hoop. And I, I was on a team a couple, couple years when I was at ESPN. And you go in there and like there's a lot of guys that played. And, you know, there'll be a couple fights, whatever. And there's people are cooking outside, whatever. And you go into the gym and I got to remember what, what gym it is. I'll send a text while we're doing this. But yeah, it's like this. Harper's got a little, it, it definitely has a, a an infatuation for basketball. It is a basketball hotbed. And here's the thing. They really like UConn. And, they, yeah. and look, I root for UConn, but it's the state school. Like when we got this role going, um, you know, my best friend in town is the, is a, Puerto Rican firefighter 
named Jason Diaz, and he's the union boss. All the firefighters are like it. It is a hotbed for basketball. We just haven't knocked on the door and said, "Hey, we're we're available for you." And I think we did that the last couple of years, and attendance has really improved, and the energy around the program is finally here. That it's like I, I don't think we like like what Porter did. Obviously, Porter is one of my best friends, but Porter's like. Five years in, we're on a trip to Greece. And he's like, you know what? We don't get anybody into my games. Five years later, they're sold out. Right. They're sold out. If you win and you connect with the right people in the, the area, it, you can, it can happen anywhere. I really believe that. I, 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 agree, I agree, too. It's like there's, it's, the old, it's the old, there's no such thing as a bad job, right? Like there are jobs that have different challenges, and but there's... I remember, you know, we, I had on, um, uh, God, what's his name? We, uh, I'm broken here. We better edit this out. Uh, what's his name from, um, I'm blank, uh, from Southern Utah. Uh, uh, Is it BYU and, now or no? Todd, no, Todd Simon. Todd Simon. Yeah. We just had him on from Southern Utah. Okay. And when the Southern Utah job was open, there was a couple of guys connected to the AD that I know they called me. They're like, Hey, we need some, need, need a list, need some guys. And so I called, I was like, well, before I give you a list, let me call a couple people and see if they're interested, you know? And I called a couple of dudes that were like Pac-12 assistants, like, nah, I can't win there. Can't win there. And then Todd's like, dude, like it's challenging, but it's a beautiful arena. They love basketball. He's done a great job. I get the building from scratch. He's done a great job. He won the league. He's a great coach. He's done a great job. And look, I, I think where I'm at, and why we've done it is like we flipped the script on like the four best years in school history have happened. And we finally solved sort of the like we played Vermont tough. And look, John Becker's won five championships. I've said it all week. Ryan Odom and John Becker are two of the best coaches in the country. You have to really figure it out. And we have a formula now. And, you know, Seth Greenberg helped me with it. I'm not going to lie to you, Seth. Seth four years ago was like, John, you got to get old and stay old. So we take, we take transfer, we take a couple transfers every year. And then you just keep your program with the culture involved. And those kids end up loving it. Yeah. You know, the thing that sucks about those two that you mentioned is they won't leave. Right. Like I had Ryan on, right. Most guys at that level, they go like, as as good as it gets. And part of the problem with Becker is he's got a great boss and he's got an unbelievable town to live in. And they got it rolling and now they have a new place, right? He's like, I don't need to, what, what do I need to leave for? Like, so I get my ass kicked in a bigger league in a, in a worse city to live in. And, right? he's and then really- Ryan, you know, Ryan has the ultimate upset. He's like, nah, I'll do it back. So they won the league this year. Most, the reason that there's not consistency at your level is most guys win. They're like, get me out of here. First, first spot. That's what makes yours more challenging. Okay. So you mentioned playing for Phil Martelli. How good were you in high school? I was, uh, all, all like third team, all Catholic in the really hard league, Philadelphia Catholic League. I was a good high school player. I was not a good college player. And I figured it out that I wanted a coach. So I just said, let me dive into this. That's why you went to play for Phil? Yeah. And I dove okay, into so, it. So, 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 okay, what high school in Philly? Cardinal O'Hare. Is that where Fran went? Fran McCaffrey? No, no, Fran, Fran went to uh, LaSalle. So okay. Fran was on the, the same era as Joe Mahalik. Joe was a little older than him. 
Okay, so um, who are the your year? It's about my time, right? So who it would have been the- Don, Donnie Carr, Kobe Bryant, Yah Davis. Uh, now Kobe was in. So Kobe's in the year Marriott. after me. Kobe's the year after me. Yep. Yeah, I was in 95. 94, tell me if you remember, there's a Philly point guard. He went by red. He had like a black guy, black guy with red hair. Great guy. Red Smith from Gratz. Good good buddy. He kicked my ass. Okay. Yo, this is true. The true he's really, true, true. He was really good. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Okay. So I went to, <laughs> I went to, uh, to uh, ABCD. Um, so my going to my sophomore year was at UC Irvine by me. And Sonny's like, he ain't ready for that, you know, and then going to my junior year, like I was pretty good. And I went and we had a squad and then my dad coach and we, we lost in the finals in the Ypsilanti. But I remember it was like, and I was just telling my son about this where um, he's like, dad, have you ever just gotten just, you know, where you just got worked in a game? And I was like, you know what? I'll tell you one time it absolutely happened. It was like ABCD camp, Ypsilanti, Michigan. It was like a, maybe like the third morning we played the Philly team and red was like the back, maybe the backup point guard. The way it worked was there were like five minute quarters, whatever. There was a coach's quarter and you just played to win the coach's quarter. Right. So there's two halves and you split the time. I mean, he just kicked my ass. It just, he was better than me. Well, he was on a team. He was on a team with Rasheed Wallace. Yes. Uh, That high school team was so good. So good. I mean, but I couldn't, I like, I just, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't remember a lot about that camp. And I'm like one of these, I know, stupid, like plays we yep. ran and all this other stuff. That ass whooping is definitely embedded in my memories. You can tell him like Gottlieb remembers when you kicked his ass and it was, I will text him. I it was one of, it was, it was one of those, God, I hope nobody was watching that one because I was just not good. And, and then you're like, you're almost shell shocked in your next game you're, because there's no real carryover. Cause you know, you got like four courts going and nobody's paying attention. But for me, emotionally, it was like, God, I just, let me just pass the ball and not do something stupid. And hopefully this guy doesn't abuse me like that last guy did, but he yeah. kicked my ass. And so like the next year we were at fairly Dickinson was where the, the, yep. the camp was. And I remember getting like getting ready for the Philly team. And I was like, did that guy graduate? Oh, phew, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> he, he kicked my, okay. So. So you're at Cardinal. Who, who else? Did you have anybody? Yeah, my high school coach. My high school coach, really famous high school coach, Bud Gardler. He coached Gene Oriama. He coached Gene Oriama, Steve Donahue, Phil Martelli was his JV coach in the seventies. Wow! Wow! This guy, like, I saw Coach Patino uh, in the hallway. Iona. So how the bubble went? Everybody had a room. So across from me was Michigan State. Diagonal was Oklahoma. Next to us was Iona. So Patino, I didn't see him. He came around he, and he goes, you know, you got Izzo and you're like, and I got <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No. But I'm standing outside, like waiting for our, you know, the, the rest of our food to come in. And Patino comes over and he gives me a hug. And he's like, Bug Gardler's looking down and have like, he, he was so excited. And that, if there's one thing that took me back was like, how many guys came up to me? Bill Self, Mick Cronin. Mark Few, guys that I've known for 20 years, guys that have seen me work and to just, you know, grind it. And you just finally get to the fountain to drink a sip. Yeah. They were excited for, for the pro our program, which I think I, I, I was kind of like in shock about. I, you shouldn't be. I mean, I, I don't, it's like, you're one of those guys that no one ever has a bad word to say about. So I don't, I, I just not, and I, I do think that, that there's, 
there's there's not enough. Like, I don't think the NABC does enough, especially for, you know, assistant coaches that lose their jobs. You know, the head coaches get a buyout. The assistant coaches, you know, get a pink slip, right? Um, but but I do think that there is a brotherhood and a camaraderie. It is a, it's a tough-ass job, right? And, and it's always interesting to me on how people in my profession at times will say, well, you know, all these guys are millionaires and they don't care about the kids. Like... What are you talking about? Like, have you ever, you have any idea what the set you've been doing this for 20 years, you know, you're not killing it financially. And by the way, it's all about the kids. Cause if you can't get the kids to buy in, you, you got no, you got no chance to win. It's, it's crazy that the disconnect between the narrative of what you do and the reality of what you do. It, it just, you're one of the few that understands it. And the disconnect is like people live in, think we live in an illusion. Like the reality is I got four kids and like Seth Greenberg says it, like it doesn't, it's not what reality is. We don't become filthy rich doing this. We don't. And we do it because we actually love it. We actually, like I have a saying when I first started here is look, I don't know how many titles we're going to win, but I'm going to have two tables at your wedding because we're going to have a great relationship. And you're going to be a we are going to be a part of a neighborhood feel and the amount of people like think about this during COVID we had 350 and change Hartford fans and former players drive or fly into Indianapolis where you, if you were at the game, like Dana O'Neill even said it in one of her pieces, like you felt the energy of and that, that 350 is like what Hartford used to get for a home game. Correct. Yes. And we had that at an NCAA tournament game during COVID. And that's why I think, you know, the the neighborhood feel, uh, you know, we can really capitalize on it because, and I said this, like, UConn has to be good. It helps our state. It helps basketball fans get excited about basketball. We need Danny to win. And you know what? He's going to win. He'll have that program in the top 10 because he's relentless. And he is relentless, yeah. but it has no effect on Hartford. We yeah. could still do, we could still do it. We're, we're basically, we could both be good. Fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is it. We've got an Amex platinum pro on our hands. Ladies and gentlemen, We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you decided to go to St. Joe's. Yep. What do you remember? What was Phil Martelli like to play for when you first get there? You're a freshman. Okay. And you get there. What, what was he like? Well, the most shell-shocking thing for me was the two-a-days. And when we had two-a-days back then, and I'll never forget coming out of the locker room the first time or the, coming into the locker room, I just laid on the floor. After the second two a day, you know, going six hours. And I think what what it made me realize is the amount of effort you need to be a, even a – I don't care who you – to be a Division One player. The effort. The, the I mean – Everybody thinks they play hard. Everybody thinks you – like, look, I my high school coach was – he became a great junior college coach, Andy Brown. He won a couple state championships. And he played. Like, he gets it. and But you think you work hard. Then you get to college. My first two days, Fran was from McCaffrey was an assistant. We're at Notre Dame. Yep. And I remember we're getting ready for practice, and they bring in these trash cans into the showers. Yep. I was like, uh, why are trash cans in the showers? Like for the ice. What's the ice for? They're like, bro, you're gonna need to get in that ice bucket. I was like, what do you mean? Just trust us. You're gonna have to get in that ice bucket. And so we get done with practice, and the the, the vets would get in there and they'd hold their nuts. And they they'd step in there, you know, yep. and they get in the they get in they'd stay in for you know 10, 15 minutes, then they'd hop out. And I was like, you know, like, I'm I'm good, I'm fine. 
Like it was just a practice. Then you come back that night and you go again. And now you look at the ice bucket like, yeah, maybe. Then the next day, morning you wake up, you're like, oh my God, I'm so sore. I I I can't walk. Uh, you know? That's, you got dudes that, that cramp up and they they can't, they gotta get an IV. It 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 was a shocker for me. So that that level of effort that you need. And then the second thing for him is his unconditional love for his players. And like he just he just he, he has your back at all times. And you know he the reason people really love playing for him is he he has great empathy and he can put himself in your shoes and he can motivate. And he's got a good plan. And the plan's detailed and it's thorough and he and he knows how to but the feeling he gets that he can conjure up to you for you to play for him. Okay, so this is this is late nineties. Yep. Uh Nova's got it rolling. Not yet. Right? Um yeah. No, I mean, no, no. Well, Nova had Nova the, the I always say this. Nova, if they don't lose the old Dominion game, yeah. Steve Lapis is still the coach at Nova. Agreed. Like I played against that team. Okay, that team was loaded. Kerry Kittle, Kerry Kittles, they had Chuck Corning, they had they had play. Alvin Lawson, e- they had Ebers. Ebers okay. was the shooter. Lawson. And they had Alvin Williams. So we play him. I think I told the story in the pub before. We play him on January 2nd at the at the pavilion. And Fran's doing the scout. He's like, oh, look, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna Doug, you're gonna you know, no splits. You're gonna help off of Alvin Williams. Ball goes down to Cornegay in the post. You double. Ball goes to Lawson. You double. Okay. Kittles gets on the wing. You go and you're all automatically you're at the elbows and help. And I'm like, cool. I got it. Ebers gets it. Run over there and be an extra body. Okay. Basically, yep. kind of like one man zone. Like, and all of a sudden, like Alvin Williams, like whap 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 whap, and we get to the first TV timeout and he's got 11. I said, Fran, can we change this shit up? This guy's about to give me 80. Okay. <laughs> he's like, you want to leave those guys on island? I go, I don't want to give up 80. Yeah, I'm guarding. That team was really, really good. And they had John Celestan off the bench. He was a first-round pick, was a stud point guard. Really good. Overrated, but nonetheless. Anyway, um, but so they – and then what? I guess after he after that, they took a little bit of dip before they got it going again? Yeah, they, they took a little dip, and then Steve, Coach Lapis went to UMass, and then Jay came in. Okay, so but, – but, okay, so I'm, I'm lining up. You're at St. Joe's. Temple is rolling then. I rolling. remember play rolling. rolling. Okay. Penn is rolling. Rolling. Okay. Um, don't recall anything else about LaSalle at that time. Well, they LaSalle had Rasul Butler, and he was a one-man show at that time in college. And, um, uh, and then there's uh, Drexel, which we don't talk about, right? People like pretend like it doesn't exist. Like, oh, Drexel exists. Like, nah, it's not in the it's in the city series, but not the big five. They well, screwed. the one the one thing what, Drexel was being talked about when Malik Rose was there. That's true. It's a good. It's a good point. And I like I fell in love with LaSalle back when they had when Speedy was the coach. And what was the little uh, point guard that got drafted by the Clippers? Uh, they had um, Randy Woods. Randy Woods, who bad pro, but great college player. Great college player. Great college player. Okay. But before, before my game, this is really funny. I was texting back and forth with Lionel Simmons, the L train. L train. Yeah. He was my favorite college player. So I sent him a message before, you know, like the night before the game, just saying, hey, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm friends with him. So I said, I just want you to know I'm here because of you. 
My, I dreamt about, he was my hero as a kid. And I'm now I'm doing something that nobody ever thought we could do at Hartford. And I go, I think it back to my childhood that night. I sent him a message. He sent me the nicest message. He sent me the nicest message back. Like really, really touching message. And the train, I mean, he, he was as good as a college player. As no, he was a bucket. He was a bucket. He was a bucket. And look, I mean, look, here's the, here's where the Philly thing. Like I, I was, you know, 31 years ago, Hank Gathers died, oh. you know, and I saw him, I saw him play a pickup game at Cal state Northridge. The pump brothers it was like their first camp. And they had like, Hey, it's like a sleepaway camp. And it, you know, the pump brothers, you know, they're such bullshit artists. They, it, I mean, I love them, but, but basically there was like 20 of us and I was from like an hour and a half away. So they put us up at the Cal state North Ridge dorms, even though the, the, the camp was like at Campbell hall high school anyway. So we go and watch the counselors play at night and Hank Gathers is playing. And I'd never, even though I was in Southern California, I didn't know who Hank Gathers was. Cause I, I saw him play a little bit at USC, but not a lot. And, and Bo at USC, they're bad that year. Um, I just remember walking away from the gym going, that's the most athletic big guy I've ever seen in my life. Like he just ran and jumped and he was faster, stronger than everybody. And then he died. And I was, I was at the game when they beat New Mexico state and uh, Bo shot the ball first free throw left hand and it made it. Yeah. Right? So there's all kinds of like little Philly connection. Okay. So you're, so how good were you guys at St. Joe's when you were there? Well, we lost in a sweet 16 to Kentucky. We beat, so we were the Atlantic 10 champion. Boston college was the big East champion. And we beat them in the second round. Uh, Donye Abrams, that was that BC team, Scooney Penn. Sure. And we beat them in the second round in Salt Lake City. Um, and then we advanced to the to this Sweet 16, and we lost to Ron Mercer, Derek Anderson, uh, runner-up for the national title. That was the year uh, Kentucky lost. in 95-96? 96-97. Okay, that was when they lost to Miles. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, was, I set out that year. So that was, and that was your freshman year? That was my fresh, first year, yep. What was that like? It was, I thought, this is easy. We'll be back every year. Like, I had zero idea on how hard this is zero. And, you know, it was a grind and I, I've learned so much about it, but I reflect on that team and the reality is, and it stays true today is in March, if you can't defend, you can't win. You have to be able to defend. And these games are, I don't care who it is. These games are playing out that way. Yeah. I mean, we saw Iowa earlier today. That was, that was, that was not good. <laughs> and I'm fr- look. I'm friends. One of my guys. The reality is, even look. If you look at the Loyola team yesterday with Illinois, they were the best defensive team in. Like, it was a, what what they were able to do was really remarkable. I was, and I, I like Brad a lot. I was a little disappointed in terms of the they didn't adjust. They just kind of did what they do. Right when somebody's switching, I always thought when somebody's switching. You got a back cut, you got a curl, and on ball screens, you got a screen and rescreen, right? Um, and then, and, and as college basketball has become, when you come off these ball screens, a lot of people just load up to the ball. Like, you got to skip that, skip that ball. They didn't throw one skip pass the entire game. The, the, other, the other thing is, like, we, we, I'm on these Zooms with Porter and Steve Dunnew and David Patrick and Jeff Van Gundy and the Mahalics, and, and all of us are on, and <laughs> Porter did it did a three hour segment on the icing, the ball screens. Right. 
And I don't ice. So I've really thought about it. We had these debates about it. And when he said, like, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, he's not, he has a thing called uh, ice to the picked up dribbler. You don't leave until the ball's picked up. So, like, they wouldn't leave. And what happens is, is if you can't put them in rotations, like a big Rick Majerus line is, and Porter says it all the time, the team that can start the domino, that meaning start the chasing, yeah. is going to win. The team that can never get into a domino, you're gonna you're gonna choke them out. And Illinois just couldn't never start the domino, and that's it. Like Porter, and I'm not just uh, he's such an elite basketball coach, elite that his terminology and the way he teaches it is on another level. And like, I'm sitting here and I'm reviewing my notes. How do we get to that next level? That's how hungry we are. And people are saying I should be enjoying it. I'm trying to figure out next year on how we get better. And that's the drive. That's the, that's the drive you have. So you get done playing, right? And this is nah, 2000. Yep. Right. You get done 2000. So 2000, again, Temple's really good. I know they were supposed to play us in the tournament. How good were you guys your senior year? Uh, at St. The, the year, I not very good. We we were we were a year away from Jameer showing up. Did, did you guys know? Did, did people know, like, how good that crew was? Jameer, I, I don't think so. I mean, when Jameer came, I was gone. I, was, I became an assistant at LaSalle. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he... I mean, his the first day he got to St. Joe's, they knew, they knew. So okay, so you get done. What what was the decision like to to decide you want to become a coach? I, I knew right away that's what I wanted to do. I had no interest in going into. You know. So did so did but but Phil didn't offer you a spot like hey you should stay. He wanted here. me to wait. He wanted me to wait, and Speedy offered me a job, so I had no choice. I I was a third assistant. In the Atlantic 10 at 22, what are you going to do? Um, LaSalle, now, I've been to LaSalle. That's a tough job to recruit to, right? That's, there's not much facility. The campus, in comparison to the other, the other Philly schools, those campuses are outstanding. It's not like it's a terrible campus, but it's not, it's not comparable to the Novas. It's not Penn, obviously. Uh, I mean, Temple, obviously, like, good luck not getting shot. But <laughs> what was, so you're 22. How'd you learn how to do the deal? Well, like guys took me under their wing. I mean, I said this the other day, like Fran Dumphy and Steve Donahue and uh, Speedy, Joe Mahalik, all these guys really just, they, 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 they made me, I didn't, I didn't get here because of myself. They sort of schooled me on how Philadelphia basketball works. And Phil Martelli has a great line. I think it's really true. You could talk bad about people in Philly if you're from Philly. But if you talk bad, if someone from Philly talks bad to you about them, yeah, you don't like that. <laughs> and that's Philadelphia basketball. Like, if you want to, if somebody from Philly wants to say something bad about me, that's fine. But if you leave the city and somebody says something bad about you, you protect him. And that is true, 100% true on Philly basketball. No one takes a shot at a guy that, that is in his city. They protect each other. It is a brotherhood and it's crazy, but like you might have a problem with somebody, but you never talk about it with somebody outside the city. 
All right, so you're at 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 uh, La Salle. How good were you yep. guys? We were my we started seven and zero one year, and Donnie Carr, who was the best player on our team, goes down, and he it. And the thing I learned there, and this is really important, is like the administration didn't want Speedy around anymore. This is 20 years ago. And if they don't want you around, they could figure they could figure a way to make enough roadblocks for you. And and look, it, it wasn't the it's like at that time, the these jobs became about infrastructure. And, you know, I was sitting in an AAU game once and Kelvin Sampson had a great line about five years ago to me. He said, John. Good coaches can make good teams, but administrators win championships. They determine if you, we win championships. And he meant like they, if they support you and give you infrastructure, oh. that if they put up roadblocks, you end up spending a lot of time on non-basketball things. And I thought, Speedy, the last two years we did that. Um, who was at Lafayette when you went there? Fran O'Hanlon, still there, right. the genius, the best mas- offensive basketball mind I've ever been around. What What about him? What 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 about him makes him such a good offensive coach? So if like Porter, if you if they did what him did yesterday, he would have never set a ball screen the whole game. He would have never set a ball screen the whole game. He would have ran a guy up and slipped him to the other. I don't care how big he was. He would have he would have created a gap that would have been so big. He he was a big guy. On if they're going to do something creative, with just don't set it and sprint through and get space. And when when you overthink it, like he he was twenty years ago, he was doing dribble handoff, throwback, drive it. His offensive mind, even to today, is fascinating. Come out of a timeout and a team plays zone or man, he would have a play that worked against zone and man. Doesn't matter, run it. He was he was a very deep thinker. Um, this is, this is away from the chronological order I like to do, but have you been in a situation like Brad was in where, cause I'm sure they came in and look, you only got a day to prep. And I actually think it's harder to be the one seed in that case, not just because, you know, you're Illinois and you're looking at Loyola, Chicago, I don't care. They went to final four. Those dudes are like, we just kicked everybody's ass in the big 10, you know, like they're, they're still kids. Yep, but you don't know who you're prepping for, so each is two assi- assistants taking all the tape, right? And then you yep. watch them play. You're like, all right, we got loyal. You now you got one day to prepare for a great coach, and a program is totally locked in. They know who they are. That's hard to do. But have you ever been in one of those situations where, like, it just felt like it got away from him, and he tried a couple of things? I don't. And again, I I want to make sure this is really really clear. Look, he's a very good coach. He, he, he should have got the K-State job when he was the assistant there. He takes the Stephen F. Austin job, they win. Takes the Oklahoma State job, they win. Takes the Illinois job, they win. The dude can coach. But really anybody has, yep. everybody, anybody's ever coached, you have a day where it gets away from you. And it gets away from you really, really quick. Okay, so first, there's a series of questions here. Have you had a game like that where the plan you thought you had for what you knew the other team was going to do just wasn't working? Have you had one of those? Yeah, third year here, UMBC, first round. They they weren't very good. We were really good. It was our we were 17 and 12 at the time. 
and that's really good for Hartford. Right. And uh, we came out, we lost in the first round. I can still tell you. I. So what'd they do? What'd they do that screwed you up? They switched uh, one through four, and the five man just dropped. And uh, sounds, sounds kind of like what we saw yesterday. Yeah. And what happens is you end up, we were up, we actually was different. We were up in the game and um, we got tight. Was it, was it pools gold were you up? Cause sometimes you can throw a couple in and you're like, you know, this will be all right anyway, but really it, they weren't, weren't the best shots. And so sometimes you're winning, but you're not, you, you kind of in your back of your mind, you're like this might not work long-term. I mean, when you're, it was, it was it screwing you up the whole game? Were you chasing it and trying to figure it out? Were you chasing lineups? What were you trying to do? We were chasing lineups. I moved too many guys. And, you know, I, we should have just it, – it was should have been an easier game than it was, and I, I oversimplified it. And here's one way that I think – like, the reality is, Brad, in that game, I don't think Porter's offense is getting enough credit. Like, yes. Like people are talking about the defense, the offense controlled the game from the pick and roll, the handoffs, the rim. I mean, they and Crutwig, you run into a team, and it's nothing to do with Brad. I've, I'm just telling you, that's a hundred games that kids played for Porter Moser. Yeah, when that kid catches it at the elbow, he, literally Porter Moser's in his mind. So it's it's just different. I mean, Porter Porter can really that I they could win it all this year. They really could. I actually believe you're. I I believe you're right. I don't. I don't think they can beat Gonzaga, but I. It's not crazy. Just so here's here's so my good. thing, and I, I'm going to go through this with you. Get, the reason they can beat Gonzaga, and I love Fuey, and Fuey checks in on me when I was down and out. Fuey was checking in on me. Like, why is he checking on the Hartford guy? Because he's a good person. Yeah. He's an amazing guy. He's he's texting me. The Whalers win. The Whalers win. I mean. He, he he loves checking in on guys that he's just a coach's coach, Fuey. Right. The only Agreed. reason, and I'm not saying it is because I do think Gonzaga wins it, but I think Porter has a shot because they resemble the really good St. Mary's teams. But they're, 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 they could, they don't, they're the slowest pace in the country. They're not going to let Gonzaga beat him by 20. No one's beating him by 20. Now, the flip side of it is Porter's not going to beat you by 20 in a game in these games. Like, the final score yesterday was 71-58. It felt bigger it than felt like 50. Felt that's like 50. what I'm saying. It felt like 50. Well, you, okay, you know, so let's 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 have the coaching discussion since it's obvious like we neither of us give a shit. Okay. So yeah. here's the deal. So Brad's deal, and he's vastly on this because when he got to Oklahoma State, you know, he played like he did at 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 Stephen F, where they were up uh, way up the line, way, way, way up the line. And, you know, just and and completely over pressuring you. And they got into the Big 12, and that shit didn't work. Right? Everybody just spread them out and get angles and, you know, find the weak link and drive the weak link, and they got anything they want. And so he actually changed midseason to running some pack line. And yeah. then you go back to last year at Illinois, he went from way up the line to – it wasn't necessarily pack line, but it was a little bit more help-oriented. This year, because they had the big fella, they left him and he just sank, right? He just one man. And then everything else, they didn't really help. Like they didn't really help. They just pressured and got India and they didn't really help. I, and you're, you're right. 
it, they, it, I haven't heard anybody say, hey, Porter Mosier, look what they're doing with handoffs. Look how they're using Kurtwig. And they basically put poor Kofi Coburn in two-on-ones, right, where he's backpedaling and you got Kurtwig one side or in ISOs. And even like even if he misses, it doesn't really matter because the big kid can't foul and he's trying to block shots and you get offensive rebounds and putbacks. So I guess the first thing is like, I, I do wonder some coaches have this, this is who we are. These are our rules and this is how we play. But what about when it's clearly not working and the other guy knows what you're doing and has kind of the answers to what you're doing? You have two options. The big kid, he's got to come out and guard the elbow harder. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And the reality is Brad knows his personnel better than me. I, I'm not debating that. What I, all I'm saying is Brad is like what Brad has done in his time in Illinois. I, I flew with back Brad down to San Antonio when Porter was playing, uh, you know, when Loyola was in the San, final four, we had a two hour conversation. He's an elite coach. What right. happens, what happens in that time, just saying Porter's team is so connected and so like, they, that's a, those two guys for, for, for Porter, Crutwig and the defender, uh, Williamson. Yeah. I mean, they played a hundred college games together. That's would, would, would you have gone, I, I wondered, would you have gone small? Like he does have the personnel. He hasn't done it and he so did it at the end of the game, but it's too late. So like, I, I just, this is a little bit like I had a conversation with him after they lost UMBC. And his thing was, you know, like, I mean, I lost my best player. And I said, yeah, but, but Tony, like, you knew you were going to win 30 games with that team. Why not take a look early in the season at what's it look like if we don't have him? What's it look like if we go small? What's it look like, you know, like, play, play a little left-handed. Okay, maybe you lose a game in December you shouldn't lose. But then you win one in March. In that game, though, how hard is that when you've done something and you've been successful? And Brad's been incredibly successful. And you're 30 games into a season. And now all of a sudden, all the stuff you've done and worked on, that shit ain't working. Like, how hard is that to go like, let's go small and do it in the first half when you feel like you might have a problem that, that you have to solve the second half. And you can't really go take a look at it in the second half when you're down 10 points. It's really hard because the big kid was so Crutwig, if you do that, Porter has a package where he just puts the kid on the block. And then he's just going to go to work on those kids. And I, I, I know it's you've got to try everything, but I, I, think, I think you just end up like at some point you have to tip your hat and just say, you know what? The Rambler. I, I know as a coach, you can't at the game. Yeah. That game you got me, right? You got me. Yeah. I mean, like Porter is at the point now in his career where he's got it so dialed in with his culture and his program. It is Rick Majerus. And it's, it's, it has so many qualities of a Majerus. Like, and now it's Porter's like way, but like Porter and I've talked about it. And this, like the little sayings that Porter has are just fascinating. And I steal a lot of it. Yeah. Rebound no, down. I mean, that, why, why, why wouldn't you? Yeah, so, start so the domino. At, I mean, so you're at Lafayette. Why'd you leave and go to Hartford as an assistant? Because Dan Leibowitz was one of my best friends, still is. And he said, come on up. Let's go try to build this together. And in our second year, we got to the finals. And I was just 
I was really excited about being up here in Hartford. I was here two years. And then Penn called to be assistant at Penn. And I, I had to go back home. And it just worked out that after two years at Penn, this job opened. And well, I went with Steve Donahue for 14 days to BC for 14. And uh, then this job opened and I, I took it and I've been here ever since. How'd you get the job? You know what? They called me and they said, look, you ran the offense. We want to talk to you about both sides of the ball. And I'll never forget. I called Dan. I said, Dan, are you okay with this? He said, sure. And we're still really close. I mean, it was, and I, I thanked him. The first person I thanked on ESPN was Dan Leibowitz after the game. And I, I you know, I, it just came out of me. And Dan is a part of this program. A lot of Dan's philosophies are, are a part of this. And the turnover thing is so big in our program. It's so big with Dan. Um, that turnover margin is, it gives you chances to win when you don't play well. Um, how'd you, how'd you make it happen? Like, how do you, you, you get to a place and look, Dan, the reason he left was he, he didn't feel like he had the backing of the administration. He didn't feel like there was a, a light at the end of that tunnel. And he's a pretty positive dude, right? He and is. so, so how'd you go about building it? Now it's your first, but you never been a head coach before. So, but you've been a part of these other programs. How'd you go about building? It, it became my first two years just you think you know but you don't you get scarred up and i got scarred up pretty good and then your third and fourth year we had really give me good, one give me one example my first team should have won more games if you look at the first we we lost games at the bowser we i was i was a i was just an okay ato coach i think i'm you look at okay. the numbers we're pretty good at it out of timeouts you have to be a good out of timeout coach to be a good college coach. Totally you agree. have to be. You Three cannot points. not be good. Okay. And it goes for both sides of the ball. Like, are you going to, how are you going to, you can't allow someone to come out of a timeout and score on you. If you see somebody score on a side of a timeout, I get, I get violently mad at myself. Do you switch? Do you change defenses? Yes. It's beat hard. me somehow. Speak, do something else other yeah. than what you drew up. Yeah. No, it's do something else. It's, it's really, it's, it's, uh, I don't know if you, you know the story. I, I told the story, I think, with Ryan Odom was on the pod two weeks ago. And Franny told, Fran McCaffrey told me the story. He said, uh, he said he's playing for Cal Tacey, Wake Forest. They're playing against Lefty Drizel at Maryland. Four seconds to go in the game. And they got the ball underneath, their own bucket. Down one, chance to score. So they call a timeout. They come over, and Tacey's an assistant. And, uh, and Dave Odom was one of the assistants. And they're, like, arguing over what to run. They run out of time. First buzzer sounds. He comes over. He's like, Franny, put him in some. And he's a freshman point guard. So he, like, gathers them up. And like, all right, we're running two. You right? So they get there, and they, they line up. And Lefty Giselle looks at their alignment, calls timeout, right, because he wanted to see what they're running so he could set up his defense to him. And he's like, that was the moment that I knew I should coach. We got one great coach who can't even figure out what he wants to run. And the other guy is trying to wait to see what he wants to run and then calls another timeout to give the other guy a chance to draw something up. I got to get into this business. It's amazing. Right? <laughs> so, but, but, the, but, but it is, it's, it, it's fascinating on how games are won and lost a couple possessions here or there. And yet for a long time, there wasn't, I don't think nearly as much attention to detail on those, you know, like it's no different than 
football with red zone and soccer with set pieces, like with basketball, like those are, you can either score 10 points a game or zero. And that's the difference between winning and losing. Like the special situations are so paramount and we work on them every day. It's like, we call it special teams where it's baseline out of bounds, sideline out of bounds, whatever it is. And do you do end of game, end of game, end of clock all the time. It feels like it feels like that's one thing, though, this tournament has exposed a little bit is there's a lot of and I'm not a big fan of the call in the timeout to go and run an ISO or a high ball screen. Like, would you you could have done that in front of your own bench? But there are lots of times where guys come down and it doesn't feel like there's automatics for a lot of these teams. that are And they're really good coaches. It is. It, do you notice that or do you feel like like. Here's what I noticed about Villanova. I don't know if you, when when Jay won it with his last segment, the pitch back to Christian. I went back and looked, and I think they ran that thing like 13 times during the season. And he played 40 games, and he that user lose a timeout. He would always call, and they would if they had 10 or less, they, that's what they were running. And they yeah. they ran the Big East tournament, and guy and I think Archie Diakno fell down. But the idea is like they had a plan, and they had tried that plan in games. Whereas other guys, I think they get caught up in the game and in the moment and they don't have a, have a plan is so, so your special situations, do you run them all the time? Do you say, hold them in your back pocket. How do you choose when you're going to do it and how you're going to do it? Well, I, I think you, you have to work on them all the time. I think it's sort of a feel on when you use them, but like what we stole from the NBA or, you know, I think NBA guys are just so great at it. They have five or six things that they know they're going to, no matter what, in this spot. And the NBA is so elite at it. And, uh, you know, like, all right, who are we going? If you need one, five man to get a basket, four man, three man, two man, you have to have that. And it's got to be second nature to your team. It cannot be any thought. They have to know exactly what you're doing. And that's, that's something I think in the NBA, uh, and I and I do think like Steve Donahue's offensive mind, he has that down, uh, and, and who he wants to get the ball to in a spot in a situation. Um, I think I, I think really uh, is an advantage. Who's the Who's the best coach that you haven't yet yet mentioned that you coach against? Maybe in your league that you're like this guy's really really good. In our league, yeah. Bill Herring. I mean, Bill Herring in New Hampshire is just so good. It's so hard to play against. Uh, Pat Touquet at UMass Lowell, they're good. He, his, he, had the, he has the number one offense the last three years. Really, really good ball coach. And, uh, you know, I, I, in our league, it's such a well-coached league. Uh, you know, Gino Ford does a great job at Stony Brook. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a hard, hard, hard league. That's why – the back-to-backs this year brought a different dimension than I've never seen before because you're playing the same team with the same referees in 48 hours. It's it, it gets heated that last that second day. No question. Familiarity breeds that content. All right, yeah. last la- last thing. In five years, what's John Gallagher doing? Head coach of the University of Hartford in the neighborhood, selling the place out. Hopefully, multiple championships. And uh, the goal is here to be a long time. I'm not chasing anything. I'm not that I'm not that smart. You know what I'm saying? I, I love it here too much. All right. You're the best. I appreciate you're you joining best, me. And uh, let's talk more as this tournament, because I'm learning more from listening to you about this tournament than I am watching myself. I appreciate uh, let's it. Te- let's text each other, because I'd love to stay on with you. All right. We'll do it.
And see if it. Porter gets to the Final Four, we'll do a whole preview. Okay. I'm in. All right. we, let's do a whole preview of the, of the Sweet 16 matchup anyway. Let's do it. All right. All right. Perfect. I love it. See you. Talk, see talk soon. Bye. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi. Checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, thanks so much, John. That was amazing. Simply amazing. You laughed, you cried, you chuckled, you learned. It's great. Uh, If you like the pod, and I hope you do, download, subscribe, rate, write a review. That's good. And if you like my style and what I do, that's cool. The Doug Gottlieb Show is daily, 3 to 6 Eastern, 
12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio or the iHeartRadio app, or you can down, you can also download the podcast wherever you download podcasts. It's, it's really that easy. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. I'm Doug Gottlieb, and this is All Ball. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.